This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the 1987 cult horror comedy, The Monster Squad. Plus, Deadpool 3 joins the list of movies delayed by the actor's strike. There's a new book out revealing the behind-the-scenes stories of the making of Marvel Studios. Netflix has turned Squid Game into an actual game show. Taylor Swift beats Martin Scorsese at the box office and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 23rd. 2023. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Hello, what's up, listener? How's it hanging? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And joining us all the way from Transylvania, he flew in. It's Count Druncula. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, your honor? I I want to suck your blood. I want to drink your beer. Oh, it's dope. I Boo. want to drink your bourbon. Boo. That's bad. I should have said I want to suck your bourbon. I want that to been suck better. your bourbon would have been. Do you do you like spitball these before with someone or do you come up with them I on the spot? I just came up with it like 10 minutes ago when I was like, fuck, what is my opening going to be for rugs? And the <laughs> other one I was going to go with was joining us Monster Hunter Van Fartzing. Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's too. a great. That was a good one too. So okay, I got to use both of them. I'm, Van Smelsing. Van Smelsing was the other one. I started at Van Smelsing because that sounds funny, and then I went to the fart joke. Um, all right. Well, I got to use all three of them. Fantastic! Yay! <laughs> I was very excited. Well done. Everybody. I like. The, I just you know why I, I I was like stopped at a deer in headlights because whenever you say news, it just makes me chuckle. <laughs> news. You, yeah, you pronounce it news. news. Yeah. I do add a couple of like syllables. Jason Mews. Mews. This new news. It's like Australians adding four syllables to the word no. It's amazing. It's aluminium. Al- <laughs> Don't say that. What? What's the matter with that? Aluminium. Is that wrong? Uh, no, it's correct. If you're if you're British, it's right. If, if you're yes. American, it's completely wrong. Yes. Well, Unless they spell it different, do they? I don't even know. Do they add the extra I? They I do. Mean, I think it is spelled differently and just completely different word for some reason. Uh, but this is not a dialect podcast. That's a different podcast. We're gonna do go over some fun news and r- review. A, yeah, we news, oh, news, news. <laughs> and reviews. We got a fun uh, Halloween movie for pre-Halloween week. But first, lots to discuss. Let's get it started. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hollywood strike update. Anthony, give him the news. They're still on strike. Oh, that is correct. The act- Someone's still on strike. Uh, the actors, SAG-AFTRA. Uh, this is day 102, which I believe, what I could look up, officially makes this the longest strike in SAG history. What about the Federation Actors Guild? 
the film actors guild you're talking yes about. oh that's one that one yes i get those confused yes anyway the federal actors guild that's an old uh civil war that, well, then yes. there was also the yeah the, 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 the what was the federal actors guild that's all i got i believe no, ronald no, reagan was uh in charge yeah. of that one back when he was yeah. an actor he was not a fan of that i'm talking about the screen actors guild Oh, yes, they have uh, broken a record. They are apparently they're going to meet again this Tuesday after talks broke down last week, whatever. But now they're in history. Longest SAG strike <laughs> ever, which is causing more things to get delayed. Of course, lame uh, joining a growing list of movies uh, is apparently Deadpool three. Uh, there's nothing official from Marvel, but deadline. Everybody's saying their sources are telling them that they're uh, it's not going to make their May 3rd summer theatrical release as only half of the movie is done, has been shot. And uh, yeah, there's a strike. Nobody can work. So uh, I they think what's going to happen is Captain America Brave New World, Captain America 4, that was coming out in July. It was originally scheduled for May 3rd. is finished production. It's in post-production. They could finish that and possibly put that in that uh, May 3rd and then Deadpool would be what? I don't know. November. Bummer, I guess. Huh? What do you guys think? Well, this is what happens when you have a strike. Like, yeah, you can't be surprised that it's affecting shit. It's it's exactly what it's going to happen. Yeah. No one. I mean, no one's working. And I looked at the article and yeah, I mean, there's. Even if they get everything going. Yeah. Even if it's you know, yeah. movies in May. Yeah. I'm surprised they're putting stuff out because they're not soliciting anything. Really. There's like hardly any like buzz about movies that are coming out and they're just still releasing stuff. So, well, they don't have their the promotion is suffering, right? There's nobody talking right. about it. They're trying to do things. So it's a lot of this is like a gamble. Maybe they could chalk it up as a loss and they could write it off. I don't know why they're doing it, but You're talking about uh, like the Marvels. Well, yeah, there's just stuff that's continuing to come out, right? Yeah. And there's no way to promote it and the way to get a buzz about it. No, the movie's done. It's got to come out. Uh, but So just be happy we have shit to watch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but largely there people are saying that even if they're looking at the January return to production at this point, the way these things are going. Well, uh, their last meeting, they almost figured it out and then they they had like a stalemate yeah, so well, then the studios walked away and stuff and so they got to get back there they'll figure it out i think by the end of the month or maybe the by the end of next month for 100% sure they'll be doing the it. other one that got pushed just today mission impossible 8 or otherwise known as mission Aww. impossible dead reckoning part I'm 2 doing my imran impression oh that was supposed to come out <laughs> next june 2024, it has been pushed to May 23rd, 2025. Memorial Day 2025. She's how old is Tom Cruise going to be? I Yeah, I don't know, because how are they going to restart? Every day they're on strike, he gets older, and Xenu has to try to keep him younger. It's using up all the Xenu powers. Dude, Tom Cruise is cloning himself right now. Don't worry about it. That's the only thing he's going to have to do. He's going to need an AI Tom Cruise. But there is a growing list. Remember, Dune moved and... uh. A bunch of other movies, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Kong, Godzilla X Kong, Craven the Hunter, all these movies that were uh, are pushed their release schedules. TV shows, Cobra Kai is going to be late. Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a period of time in the movies where we're going to have that sweet sweet spot where, and it's not sweet, where they don't have any movies left to release and all these movies were delayed. 
and TV shows. All these TV shows are, but I feel like there's a bank of shows because things, again, like you said, drugs, things come out, but there's going to be a big hole. Yeah. They're going to need game shows and reality TV to uh, fucking fit in. Slide. I'm in. actually relieved because there's so many things I need to catch up on still. I so. still feel overwhelmed that there's so many things to watch despite all these delays and things. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this. All this thing came out. So we'll see what happens. Uh, listen, if there's one guy that I feel like watches everything, it's you. I mean, not everything, but a lot of things <laughs> I need. I need. I try. Go outside sometimes and run. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's, I know. Look, I should get outside sometimes, take, get some <laughs> fresh air, sunlight. But the sun burns. I have no pigment. You understand? He's like a mole man at this point. I'm, yes. <laughs> I have to hide in the dark basement. Uh, listener, join this conversation. Let me know what I should do. Or you're feeling <laughs> overwhelmed. You can join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. There's a link in the episode description. Lots of fun. It's a closed, exclusive group just for you. All right, moving on. There's this book that's out that's been getting a lot of attention past few weeks. It's about time we discuss discuss it and mention some of the things. Like in a it. book without pictures in it. It is a, like a real it book. is a book with words. Not only it's a book book. The book is called Reign of the MCU, the Reign of Marvel Studios. It is 529 pages. Oh shit. Okay. It's a legit book written by Joanna Robinson, Dave Gonzalez, Gavin Edwards, pretty much detailing the whole history of the MCU. Uh, it says the unauthorized behind the scenes story of the stunning rise and suddenly uncertain reign of the most transformative cultural phenomenon of our time, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In fact, there was so much buzz, I have this book in my hand. I ordered it the other day. It got here today. I have not yeah, had a chance I, to I, read I pre-ordered it. I've had it. I've had it paid for for a while and got it maybe a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. I so reading it as well. You were on this. Why didn't you mention it before? You were uh, hip to this before. I don't know. You know, first off, I didn't know you knew how to read. I, you know what? I can't remember the last time I've actually read a book. To be honest, this is going to be fun. I'm like, when I, well, I don't know when I'm going to find time to fucking read when. So you've read some of it. When do you find time to yeah. read, Anthony? I, I try to read before I go to bed because it's uh, instead of watching uh, TV I or could do that. something. Yeah. Better for better for the eyes, and it helps kind of you know wind you down. This thing is selling really well, though. It's not like Amazon bestseller uh, hardcover. It's like number thirteen on the list. It's like a I top like seller. Um, Joanna Robinson. She's on the Ringer. Oh, she's from the she Ringer. Does, okay, um, I forget what she does, but she yeah, she's on the Ringer. And I, I've always enjoyed what she when when she's speaking about Marvel because she knows her shit. I mean, flipping through this, this is clearly. The hundreds of hours of interviews. There's a lot in here. It must go must go into detail. How do you like it so far? We're gonna discuss a couple of things that have been written about in articles. Nothing too big major because I want to read it too. I don't want to be spoiled. But a couple Yeah, the it's so far I've read it the first two, three chapters, and it's mostly about pre um MCU, so like when they were trying to release movies and all the behind the scenes about okay. the rights and all this shit and Avi Arad and Perlmutter, so he kind of got was like he was a, just a movie nerd and um he like worked his way up with marvel he um 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's only a couple. I've only read the first two chapters, first two or three chapters. It looks like there's a lot of juicy shit in here. I'm really yeah. excited to learn about like the entire backstory. Rugs, does this sound appealing to you at all? Would you read this? Juicy shit sounds appealing. There's to some me. juicy like, shit. Very watery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diarrhea yeah, this, <laughs> in this book. I'm telling you, I can smell it off the pages. This, yeah. this, sound, this sounds like the third, the start of the third segment. This is yeah. <laughs> yes. Juicy shit. I, I mean, I'm not gonna read a book about this. Because, like, I feel like I've been living this. Like, just doing this show, sure. I've been, yeah. like, you know, my hands have been involved, like, knee-deep. I've been knee-deep in all this. My hands have been in it. So, uh, I if there's anything that really is groundbreaking that I haven't already heard before, I'll be shocked. But let me know how it is. If, it, if it's written in a compelling way, maybe it's worth checking out. But well, I mean, I had that same thought. I feel like a lot of it is stuff that we've been talked about that we've been following, but I bet there's more that has not been released. So, for example, here's a couple of tidbits that have hit these websites from the book. The first one being Kevin Feige talking about two names that are banned from future MCU projects, two names he will never work with again. Do you guys want to guess at either of the two names? Imran Javid. That is, in, it, that is incorrect. Oh, okay. It never explicitly. I, I, I already know because I looked at this prior, but. Oh, Rugs, you want to guess? Rugs, yes. Uh, who you won't work with anymore yes. that he already worked with? Yes. Yeah, two people. John Favreau? No. no. Okay. Is it? That's your guess. That's your guess. Rhymes with James Gunn. Incorrect. Nope. It is Ed Norton. Yeah. Okay. And Joss Whedon was the other name he mentioned. Okay. Which I get the Ed Norton. I remember hearing about how difficult he was when they released Ed Norton from they publicly threw him under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of creative differences. He did not like the Marvel method. Well, he said he literally said, I want someone that's collaborative and wants to work with all our actors. Oh, OK. And he didn't find paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because because Ed Norton was like super combative about everything. Apparently, he did not take direction. Well, does not. It's not open to ideas. Yeah. He likes to smell his own farts. Uh, what about the Joss Whedon? What did you hear? Why him after the Avengers? Him because he didn't like what he was doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, while they were doing the MCU, he felt like felt like it was taking away from what he was doing on screen. Yeah, that's when Marvel TV was completely kind of separate. Literally, yeah, I mean, Marvel TV was doing an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, and he was in the midst of burning down S.H.I.E.L.D. in Captain America Winter Soldier. But he only, like, Joss Whedon only wrote the pilot, I think, and then his brother was on it, I think, mostly. Uh, that was odd, though. So that's Yeah, it. but nobody wants to work with Joss Whedon anymore. Yeah, not just that, him. that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, the other interesting thing, this not actually from the book, this from the Watch podcast and Joanna Robinson saying, quote, we have a quote from Kevin Feige sort of implying that Secret Wars will serve as a soft reboot in which they can prune everything. That's not to use Lokiism, the prune everything that's not working. Just keep what is working or bring back people you thought were gone forever. Oh, my God. Well, that's kind of interesting. We thought that was the rumors that Secret Wars was going to be a reboot. Uh, what do you think that means? Like, we're going to get a recast OG or they're bringing back like Chris Evans and fucking Downey Jr. I feel like with AI, they're just going to like pay them for their. Uh, oh, and likeness. just scan them once. One time yeah. scanning fee. <laughs> Come in here, read this dictionary and then uh, make all these facial expressions. And then you don't have to be in a movie again. There you go. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm a big fan of them rebooting things, but that is very um, comics. Yeah, right? yeah, so, reset. Comics does that all the time, so it's not completely out of line, but we'll see. I, what I'm most intrigued about the book, I mean, I'm intrigued to read the entire book because, one, it's not written by Marvel, um, because there is a coffee book that is written by yeah, Marvel. Yeah, the timeline, the uh, right. that looks amazing. That one looks, you know, it's a good, like, I think it's a good coffee book, yeah, probably. Yeah, but, the official Marvel um, timeline. A coffee table book, but... Um, this is a book book. This one also, it ends right after Ant-Man and the Wasp, so oh. you're going to get, like, the highs and then the lows and all that. So it'll be interesting to read. Yeah, that. so in that other book, I saw an article where in the intro, Kevin Feige says something along the lines of everything that, that's been on TV by all the separate things is canon in a multiversal sense meaning like agents of shield netflix shows all that and they may right. at some point converge so he's thinking multiverse uh secret wars battle world that's what happened it's all very interesting yeah the there was a couple tidbits there's like uh with james cameron spider-man movie i think there was a quote in there that yeah. was James, either James Cameron or someone close to him said that's the best movie he never made. Oh, man, I would have loved to see the James Cameron Spider-Man movie. It kind of became that show with Jessica Alba a little bit. What was that called? Dark Angel? The Dark Angel yeah. became Sp- was Spider-Man? He used some of the Spider-Man what? things in Dark Angel, hmm. I, I thought. But we went over that script once. I don't know if it was like on a bonus thing. It's a wild script, James Cameron. Yeah, script. it was a weird-ass yeah. script. It's very strange. Well, then there was a Blade came out. So the the reason they were releasing all these movies is because they were actually still just trying to push toys. Oh, for, yeah, because hmm. the toy company bought Marvel. Yeah, see that never changes. That motivation. It was literally. There. It was all just. It was like, okay, great, but do these sell toys? Yeah, so that's why they keep changing the suits every movies. You can make new toys. Well, no, but that was like the original intent. Of oh, movies, okay, to sell okay. toys. Okay. Well, Toy Biz, Avi Arad toy was biz. in charge of Toy Biz. Yep. So, yeah, Avi Arad is uh, had no filmmaking experience whatsoever. That's amazing. But Marvel's been pulling that fucking move for years. The original Secret Wars wasn't just made to sell the fucking toys from Secret Wars. That was the whole motivation. They had a deal. Was it Kenner? And uh, and then you know he mandated that. It, uh, it goes back. Well, I think that the crossover thing to sell the toys. I think that that's less egregious in comics because, like, they they people wanted the toys, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they they were starving for the toys, yeah. so I think they were just kind of like, okay, here's a, here's a whole thing where you can re- release toys uh, regarding uh, this particular story, but like Marvel's, like with Disney, they have a whole toy thing, and Avi Arad with Toy Biz. They were making ridiculous amounts of toys yeah. that were like so unnecessary. They were making like a thousand Spider-Man figures, <laughs> and oh, they were like not even good. Yeah. They were like terrible. The uh, now I'm now I'm rem- like now this is all jogging my memory of some interesting tidbits. Uh, when they were making the X-Men film, first off, they didn't know they didn't know what they had, and the reason they decided to greenlight it is, or Fox decided to greenlight it is, they test they put the X-Men cartoon in prime time. Okay. On a, and then it got really good ratings. Oh, interesting. They, oh. They're like, okay, now we can make an X-Men movie. Wow. But then when they were making the X-Men movie, Brian Singer had no familiarity with comics whatsoever and didn't want his cast reading comics or anything. Like, didn't want any them to know anything about the comics. 
but um, it was in there that Fahey would like sneak them comics. Yeah, he was all, members. Yeah, he was always the guy to like make it accurate to the comic books early on. He was he was the but he was the guy that um yeah was like the encyclopedia, and they would like, go to him for yeah, things. Yeah. But funny enough, uh, now I'm remembering, Fahey actually didn't grow up liking the comics. He grew up just being a big movie buff. Oh. But then once he got looped into the comics, then he like dove deep into the comics. Oh shit. But that wasn't he didn't grow up liking it. It was more of a, it was in like he got into it as an adult. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Which it, I thought was interesting. I didn't I thought he was a like a lifelong comic. This player. book, I can't wait to read it. This book, I mean, those are the kind of things that I want to know about, and the book sounds amazing. Uh another little thing in the book that's gotten out is the, this whole Brie Larson thing. Uh, saying that she grew disillusioned from the toxic backlash. Captain Marvel doesn't want to play Captain Marvel anymore. Could we see her? She wants to take her ball and go home. Yeah, this could we see her? Could we see her writing them out? Her exiting the role, just recast her. I don't think anybody's gonna mind. Does the thing? So, but isn't Kamala Khan gonna be sad that her favorite comic book character is not there anymore? <laughs> you just you'd have to recast her. She looks like this now. That's all. They used to do that all the oh, time. Oh, Miss Marvel. Yeah. They, that, they were like, this is the strongest Avenger. Remember all that hyperbole? And they were, she was going to lead the team. And now it's like. Womp, what womp. is the coolest female character that they've done thus far um, in your eyes? Like either Marvel DC, the one that works the best. I mean, the Black Widow's badass. I was going to say, once, once Black Widow got rolling. I thought she was pretty good. Scarlet Witch has got has has had a crazy yeah. journey. Scarlet Witch <laughs> peaked for me when when the WandaVision stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. That was when that was when they had her at her best. Um, oh, okay. Trying to think of else who else. I, I mean, mean everyone got- likes everyone likes Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah. MCU Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think you got to point to like an era, right? Because that. At some point, when they when they do enough of these movies, they fuck up the character at some point. But there's like certain niches, certain pockets of time when the character is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, like the first Wonder Woman and yeah. like Black Widow in between Winter Soldier and like I mean Gamora uh, Civil and Nebula, War. pretty pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are like blank characters, though, right? They could just kind of do whatever. And then you want. got like, has the Wasp really had an impact? No, no. no. Yeah. No, well, the wasp of anything they've like minimized that character she hulk they- is gonna try to be a thing now yeah it's terrible well, yeah yeah but like <laughs> yeah none of them have like any real like story that you can really get behind and grab onto the character helen slater supergirl come on we'll always have that <laughs> with all i mean crazy- daisy from from agents yeah, of shield Quake wasn't was, too bad Quake is great uh, so meanwhile, speaking of all this, this movie's tracking is actually last week we mentioned there were oh, Jessica Jones. There was great. Jessica Jones. First season is amazing. Oh, I like Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah. Uh, last season, they were projecting 50 to 70 million or something. And this week it's gone up just a tiny bit. 75 to 80 million domestic debut for the Marvels. You know what Brie Larson should do? She should just buy all the movie theaters. Uh, somebody's going to have to because I don't know. Give, give away the tickets to all her fans. I don't know. We'll see how many people show up for this. Well, 70, 80 is more than 50, yes. 60. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, post pandemic, it's kind of decent, but for a Marvel. Not for a Marvel movie. Yeah. Not for a Marvel. This, yeah. 
Yeah. When's that come out? November 10th. Coming out very soon. There's a lot of trailers and clips. And yeah. I saw on our recent Discord, somebody mentioned that they made Marvel on Disney Plus has these little shorts they make called Marvel Legends. They're about eight minutes long, and they tell you the whole history of one character in the MCU, just their timeline. Somebody said apparently they're going to play the, the the legends before the movie for all three of the characters, which might be kind of helpful for some people. But that's all three of them. That's a lot of minutes. That's, yeah. Now you're talking another like, what, 24 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. You're adding. That's ridiculous. Might be too much to add. Like, do it in three minutes. <laughs> and then you, you can do I, it maybe in. Six minutes. I, six minutes, maybe. I, you can't do it in three minutes for three characters. I mean, they're spending like seven, eight minutes per character it takes to get through these. But Anthony, would you want to see that? Of course, you know everything. So it would be would it be annoying to have to sit through that before the Marvels? Before a movie? Before just the Marvels that they play these shorts catching you up. It's it's like a previously oh, on. Sure, whatever. Mm. <laughs> Look at that reaction. Mm. Fine. Moving on. Look, wait. The other. Aww. I want to talk about the other article. The, the other Aww. article we talked about last week was that drama behind the scenes drama on the set of Aquaman yeah. two uh, from Variety. And Variety just put out another article today. Uh, uh, interview with James Wan saying uh, the narrative has uh, gone a little crazy. It's not true. He's saying they probably did seven or eight days on this movie reshoots, which is uh, normal and actually not that much for a movie this size. So he's having a hard time just kind of seeing all these these stories go around. But in this article, here's something I thought was really interesting. He tells Variety, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is his superhero spin on Tangle and Cash. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He wants to make this is his buddy action comedy. Uh, with Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson, how's that? How does that make? You I did feel? see that. How does I that make see you that, feel? Well, that buddy, buddy cop film. I mean, sure. But Tango and Cash, come on. Which one of them is going to be Tango? So, where, who was? <laughs> yes, if you're going Tango and Cash, yeah, that's a little odd, right? Because you, then you'd have to go. You'd have to have like a homoerotic undertone. <laughs> they got to show their to be butt. half brothers. They got to show their butts to each other. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, they got to see each other's butt. So would Patrick Wilson's orm be like the Sylvester Stallone, like the straight guy? And the other you one, would think, yeah. yeah right? And Momoa is Patrick Momoa Swayze. Would be more Swayze, not Swayze. What are you uh, talking Kurt about? Russell. Patrick Swayze. Sorry, Patrick. I said Patrick Wilson. Momoa is Kurt <laughs> Russell. Kurt Russell, yes. Jumping off the roof in the rain. Uh, come on, I fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah, Tango and Cash that's, is an amazing no, Tango and Cash. That's oh. Roadhouse, that's sweet. The last, literally, technically, the last '80s movie coming out in December of 1989. Still fantastic. So uh, that's interesting. He said his first one, he wanted it to be like Romancing the Stone. This one, he wants it to be like Tango and Cash. And all the behind the scenes shit is uh, maybe not true. I don't. Know. Sounded kind of weird. It did sound weird. Yeah. I was I was a little skeptical when you were reading all yeah. that stuff last week. Yeah, but it was just fun to to imagine. Do you think that people just make this shit up? And no, then Amber Heard was talking to her therapist. She didn't make yeah. shit up. Mm-hmm. It's weird that they got those documents. Uh, anyways, that's coming out December. Also, something about that uh, the octopus playing drums is going to be like a character. He's going to have more. I don't know. I saw something about that. He'd be playing Morocco. He's going to be playing. <laughs> Electric drum pads. It'd be EDM concert under the sea. It'd be fantastic. That's what they should do. Uh, you guys remember Squid Game? Remember the Squid's games? 
Yeah. You went right from octopus to squid. Uh, huh? Oh, look at that. Lilo. That's a good segue. I didn't even play in that. Holy shit. I love it. Hmm. Uh, this. What kind of animals are they called? Oh, they like, uh, invertebrate or they, something. Oh, that's a good question. Squids they are mollusks. They don't have vertebrae, though. I know that. Yeah, they don't have any kind of uh, mollusks. Squids are uh, uh, 300 species of 10 armed mollusks. I guess octopus have eight arms and different. Yeah, they have 10 tickles. Did you just, did you just say, I guess octopus have eight arms? I mean, I, I'm not guessing. I'm. Uh, <laughs> well, it's in the name Octo. <laughs> that way they're called octopus? They have uh, eight pusses. I guess they got eight pusses there. Yeah, they got eight pusses. They got Which octo is, pusses. I did say that. Why would I say that? And I say then <laughs> anyway, squids have ten tickles. ten tickles. I was going with ten. invertebrae. That's what they are. Oh, okay, ten, t- ten testicles. <laughs> Speaking of, okay, so Squid Game, there's been, uh, uh, they've been working on this live action reality game show for a long time on Netflix, and a trailer just came out for this game show, and holy shit, it's like you're in the fucking show. They got the same set, the same outfits. Didn't Mr. Beast do this already, though? He did it for real right away after the show came out. Uh, they're not going to get killed, of course, but they're playing red light, green light. The dudes in the red hoodies are there. They're only playing for like four and a half million dollars. This, I guess that's a lot. Well, I forgot what it was. They're only on the four show. and a half million <laughs> no, wasn't dollars. Wasn't it more on the, on the actual TV show? It was, in, no. it was in one, but yeah, I don't know. What it was the, like the 20 or 30 was. million. It was something in one. Yeah, but 20 million in one is like $30,000. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, it, run, it runs a snake. I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just trying to be one. This is a podcast it runs of firing off questionable things. Yeah. Pod- I, I think I guess octopus have eight arms. Only four it's and a half. Only four and a half million dollars. Is it one, a- at one point reaction goes. It looks like they're getting hit by paint guns instead of actual guns. I guess that's the right thing to do. You don't want to kill people. It looks good. Would you, you watch this? I'm kind of. I'm kind of in already. It's no physical. Why 100. not? There's look, no movies coming out. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, at some point we're gonna have to watch shit, right? Um, it looks like the challenge, but in a Squid Game setting, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it looks like they got all the games from the show and some new games. Of course, they're gonna have to add some new games. Uh, reminds me, it's no physical 100. That show is fucking great. I want another season of that. But this is coming out November 22nd on the Netflix. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, we, I think you, you mentioned this before on the show about this thing coming up, so I'm glad to see it's here. I want to see how like balls to the wall it is. If Imran is it's good, maybe I'll watch it. Plus, I mean, the people, I guess they have an advantage if they had watched the show and then signed up for this. They know kind of the strategy of these. Well, well, the way they games. played it, I think they don't know that they're oh. on this. I think oh. what I was guessing Ooh. is the Netflix was signing people up for that, a reality show and then they walk in and they're like, oh, shit, it's Squid Game. OK, so if they make sure that nobody has seen Squid Game and then put them on. Oh, no, it's not that they don't know. Okay. They, They've seen that it's like that they didn't know they were walking into a squid game okay. reality TV show. Okay, but then if you see the show, you kind of know some of the strategy right. walking in. But uh, well, if you've seen the show, that's why you would have that reaction that yeah. you're having in the beginning, where they're like, "Oh shit, but we're in the green fucking jumpsuits already." That's not a tip off. I guess maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, seeing those guards there with the PlayStation buttons on their faces, just like the TV show, that's kind of would you. If you were there, would you <sighs> immediately start running and just being like? Get me the fuck out of here. I'm not dying. So would you think you would die? I uh, so if that happened, what do you start with? Red light, green light, and then you see some people. You die. think they don't tell you that you're gonna die? They have to tell you they, you're not gonna you're, get you're killed. Gonna, right? you, Sign a waiver. You're gonna yeah, you, you know, you know on that fine print on that waiver, maybe, there's always a 
risk of death. You could get hurt. Yeah, maybe you yeah. could get hurt. We're not responsible. I don't know. I would, you know, like watching Physical 100. I go through this. Like, what would I? Could I do this? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Oh, Imran, can I do this? And phys- you couldn't do any of that. I could probably do more of the Squid Game things <laughs> than the Physical 100. <laughs> what would it be like to do this? You always put yourself. I'd probably run. I don't know. I tried to freeze in the first competition, but uh, you 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 would be t- it would be you would be easy to this. eliminate because you're yeah. just you don't play I'm the game. I'm picturing this in my mind's eye, and it's just the greatest thing. Well, you just don't play the game well. Like you you wouldn't be able to lie. Like it's just you you don't. There's no political politics in you. Amron will be Amron will be using every fucking trick in the book. I, I would lay back, let everybody run ahead of me, and then like, just you know the old hide. guy. The, the yeah, old guy, in the show. Yeah, yeah. He'd be, that's Imran. Yeah. <laughs> Except he would just use like e- empathy and sympathy, and then he, every once in a while he'll, uh, you know, no, do a little I would, strokey. I would make, I would, listen, I don't burn bridges anywhere, so I would just be friends with everyone just in case someone down the line uh, can use a favor or needs to <laughs> do me a favor. You don't want to fucking, you got to be nice to everyone, see what happens. Yeah. No, you are a nice guy. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Though. You're going to be too nice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, someone throw me under the bus, sure. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. You just let the bus roll over you. you no, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's cool. what I got to do. I could go home now and smoke a joint. Great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. See you later. This has been a great, yeah. great time. Yeah. Not able to smoke indoors over here. Glad uh, to get out. Sig's inside. Bring that back. Yeah. big. You're a big Sig. Uh, okay. Guy. Yeah. So I'm not on the squid. <laughs> yeah, I am big Sig's inside. I'm, listen. <laughs> I fight for my rights. I fight for my rights. Imran Amer- stays inside so he can do things. Should be able to smoke inside. He's he's over. He'd rather smoke inside than outside. Fuck that going outside. <laughs> I could just do it here. Yeah, why I got go a out in the open air. I got a window and give my lungs a fighting chance. Yeah, no, that's a waste of time. <laughs> I want all the air recycled into my lungs <laughs> so they can look like burnt toast. Oh shit! Popcorn. Uh, anyway, Squid Game, November 22nd, should be fun. Last thing in the news, you motherfuckers. Get through this. Hey, you're the one who presents these opportunities. Right, yes, yeah. that's a good point. I do walk right into these things. Well, I'm walking into this. I wanted to take a look at this weekend's box office update, movie box office update. Why? Two very interesting things going head to head. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour in its second wink and a Scorsese film. The Scorsese put out Killers of the Flower Moon. What happened? Taylor Swift beats Martin Scorsese. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Opening number one in week two, dropping only 64% uh, from week one. Uh, that movie made $33 million this weekend. It is now sitting at $132 million domestically, 178 worldwide. Hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon opened. This is a $200 million, three-hour and 26-minute movie. Uh, it's almost holy shit. R rated opened with only 23 hour and what? Three hours and 26. 326. Three it's three and, and a half hours. With the amount of trailers they show these days, this is a four hour commitment easily. Uh, opens number two, $24 million. Hey, I mean, at least it's not the Irishman. That's that was three three minutes longer. Yes, but that was on Netflix. You could break it up in chunks. Right. Here's the thing I really want to see this movie. It is at 92%. On the Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, right now. Yeah. I heard it's good. I heard, it's, it like, I heard it's very good. Yeah. The only issue is, for me, is I'm I'm very long past the phase of um, Anthony Polanski. Yeah, you're not the... So, yeah, he, he realizes nothing to gain from that. Yeah, there's really nothing to gain. And I, <laughs> yeah. 
just reading the first sentence in Wikipedia of Killers of the Flower Moon yeah. is a 2023 American epic revisionist Western crime drama film. Whoa, it's a like lot. That's, that's too many words. <laughs> that's a lot of things to he's doing there. I'm, I'm not watching. Well, that. so here's the thing. This movie's made by Apple TV. I, I, I have no doubt it's going to be available to stream it's pro- it's probably very awesome. soon. I'll wait till it's on streaming where I can break it up. It probably is awesome. Been getting great reviews. I want to see it, but there's no fucking way. Okay, I'm not doing three hour, twenty six, four hours right now. Sorry, sir. Yeah, I would. I like. I'd rather watch uh, evil white people from the comfort of my own <laughs> home <laughs> instead of being filled with theater. I love all these stories that uh, people on Twitter are like, "Oh, Scorsese's gone woke and stuff." He's been. He's always been political. All of his movies are kind of about evil white people, if you think about it. Yeah. So it's but and it's, are they? it's history. Yeah, if you, th- you think about it. Yeah. He I mean, just made just, a, it, there's bad white people. Yeah. But and this I is I don't think he's like saying No. I don't know. I don't know. I mean you got yeah. No, he was like these people are evil, but like they're also like interesting. Yes. Right. Yeah. But now this this is more like this guy's evil. This is historical. So, it's his, historical fiction revisionism. Scorsese. What, what style. is your quickly? What is your favorite Scorsese film? Oh, now, you got to name one, Imran. It's just Goodfellas for me. Uh, Goodfellas. Okay, Imran. What about you? He took mine. Hold on. <laughs> you got you Casino. Favorites. You got. Uh, Mine's The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Taxi Driver is pretty fucking great. I was going to say Goodfellas, too. There you go. You could say Goodfellas. Yeah, because it, that is all time. It's entertaining. It's an all time great fucking movie. Funny like a clown. Funny how. So quotable. <laughs> so influential. Uh, but he's done so many things. He's done so many good movies. What would be your uh, runner up? Well, there's Departed. That won the Oscar. I like Departed. Shutter That's Island. A good one. Shutter, Shutter Island's pretty fun. Raging Bull. No love for Kadoom. I mean, you got gangs in New York. <laughs> no, no, not Kadoom. We mentioned Casino. Uh, he did Michael Jackson's Bad video. That might be actually yeah. my favorite. That's my yeah. second. Do the Bad video. He, it's like a 10-minute video of Wesley Snipes in the beginning, and then the whole mm-hmm. video part, and like there's extra story. It's fucking great. Yes, he directed the Bad video for Michael Jackson. Cape Fear hey. is also fucking fantastic. Gangs of New York, yeah. Age of the Innocent. Acceptation of Christ, Color of Money. I mean, it's all king of comedy, raging bull. It's all hits, really. It's all bangers. Oh, the say. aviator is really good too. It's bangers. You know, he's one of the last of the uh, those from that era, right? That started up in the seventies. Wasn't it like him, Coppola? Um, I mean, Spielberg was Lucas, there. Yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. Right, and Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Polanski. <laughs> Uh, anyways, he can't beat uh, Taylor Swift, though, this day and age. I think it's just a little too much to ask for uh, some people right now. But it's going to be on streaming. Catch it all there. All right. Let's take a quick break here. Play some promos. We're going to come back and talk about the 80s, nostalgia, and lots of monsters right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! 
What's up? This is Brian, and I'm the host of Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. That's right, a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Every week, I discuss my favorite things about the show, which include character breakdowns, episode rewatches, and other random facts and tidbits about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and listen wherever you get your podcast now. You will literally love it. And Listener, if you enjoy this show, you should check out our awesome fan club over on Patreon. Check out jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! You can give back, support the show. We appreciate everyone's continued support. It really helps keeping the show going, coming out every week. And you get things like a, an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early bonus content instant reactions you can join us for our monthly discord hangout we just had one last week uh for last month's hangout it was a lot of fun always a good time uh the next one will be thursday november 16th it's the thursday before thanksgiving yeah join us it's great to get to know the fans it's great i love talking to we them. love hearing from i'm you not guys. gonna be there for that one all i'm right. just telling you right uh, now all right fine you to be out of town i appreciate your appearance at the last one <laughs> Uh, he's been, early. At, he's yeah. been at a couple. So, yeah, yeah. whenever Anthony shows pops in, it's always a treat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is also a tier where you can pick any movie for us to watch and review. Lots of fun stuff. Jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Check it out. Okay. This week's movie review. Last week, we're doing dealer's choice here. Last week was my pick. This week, but we're doing dealer's choice in comedy, right? Is that uh, the, oh, the gist here? Sure. Yeah, because that's kind of been the theme that's thus far. The theme and, so far, we, okay, that's, and we potentially might do a comedy tournament. Yeah, so. so okay, we're doing comedy theme. comedy host picks for our second pick. It was Rugboy, and Rugboy has picked for us the 1987 horror comedy, The Monster Squad. Uh, here's your spoiler alert. So it doesn't make any sense. Strap yourselves <laughs> in, you fucks. Spoiler time. It's a force of habit. The Monster Squad on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie, uh, 56% uh, for the critics, 5.7 out of 10. 78% audience rating, though. The movie is made for $14 million. And the reason why you may not have heard of this or this slipped by you is because it was kind of a big bomb at the box office, only making $3.8 million pulled out of the theaters. The problem was, it's 1987. The Lost Boys had just come out a week before. Uh, the rating on this may have been an issue. It's PG-13. However, it does gain a cult following uh, in the last 20 years, especially as VHS came out, as it shows up on cable, as DVD, uh, exclusive DVD sets have been coming out. We'll get into all of that. But initially, uh, yeah, big box office flop and uh, kind of critical flop for the movie. Monster Squad is directed by uh, Fred Decker and written by Fred Decker and Shane Black. Yes. Black and Decker. It's written by Black and Decker. That Shane Black uh, who wrote this. They were all, I guess they used to hang out at this apartment called the Pad of Guys. And it was a lot of up and coming screen writers and people writing screenplays. And Shane Black wrote this while writing and selling Lethal Weapon the same year. So he gets a big payday creature effects in this movie by the legendary Stan Winston and company. 
Uh, you guys know Stan Winston. What a couple of things he's done. The Predator. The pre- yes, the Predator, which incidentally also came out this year, eighty-seven. Yeah, and yeah. There's there's a relationship between what happened in this movie and the Predator. There certainly is. Uh, Stan Winston also famous for Terminator, Jurassic Park, The Thing, Iron Man, lots of other things. Edward Scissorhands, just fucking legend creature effects guy. You you want to hear the uh, quick? Let's do a top ten. But domestic box office in 87. Oh, yes. Let's see. It wasn't Just this the, movie. Just for context. Yes. Just for context. No, but this movie's not in the top well, It's not this movie. Uh, for context, no, the number one release of that year, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, nice. Oh, two. Number two is Platoon. Three, Fatal Attraction. Oh. Four, The Untouchables. Five, Three Men and a Baby. Six, The Secret of My Success. Seven, The Seven Stakeout. Eight, Lethal Weapon, Nine, The Witches of Eastwick, and rounding out the top ten is Predator. That's a pretty that's a pretty good year for movies. Lots Robocop, fourteenth. Dirty Dancing, sixteen. Also in eighty seven. Holy shit, a lot of good Space shit. What a Miles, great year. Twenty four. Twenty six, The Golden Child. What a great year, man. Eddie Murphy. Twenty nine, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> what a great year for movies. Thirty five, The Princess Bride. I mean, there are years in the 80s and 90s where just one year, it's just solid. You don't see classics. Yeah. You don't see that kind of diversity anymore. I miss it. No. Uh, I miss it. Uh, so, the, so that's great context. This thing makes $3.8 million, gets yanked out of theaters. Um, Anthony, had you ever seen this before? No. I watched, I literally finished the movie 10 minutes before we were about oh, to start. Oh, great. Also, another great <laughs> oh, thing great. about this movie. It's not even 90 fucking minutes long. This movie is 82 minutes long. Oh, yeah. It's an easy breeze. PG-13, 82 minutes. Anthony, first time watching. What happens in the Monster Squad? Well, this is about a group of preteens that really enjoy the Universal Monsters and have been prepping for the day when these monsters may exist. And that day has come. And they are the only ones that know how to deal with these monsters who want to end the world led by Dracula. Yeah, it is a teenage wish fulfillment fighting monster saving the world. Rugs, let's start with you. It's your pick. Tell me your history with this movie. Why'd you pick it? Oh, I remember seeing this as a kid. I don't know. How I was, it was 1987, so I might have been like in like sixth grade or something. So I'm like I'm right around the same age as these kids yep. that were in this movie. And I was... I think I was more like the guy uh, with the with the bike and the who's smoking cigarettes. Oh, you were the Rudy in the group. <laughs> yeah, I was more like that guy, but like uh, like horny, looking for chicks and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this movie tickled me. I saw it. I think I saw it on HBO or rented the the VHS or maybe I I don't think I ever saw it in the theater, but I knew I saw it like as soon as it came out. And uh, I just fucking this reminds me of my childhood. Now, this movie is actually what made me like Universal Monsters because I wasn't a big fan of the Universal Monsters that much because there were black and white movies. There was like old guys playing them. And I never liked the, the werewolf uh, thing. Like I, there was these there was this. Uh, I'm going to like uh, go off tangent for a second. But when I was a kid in our library, there were these orange books. That had all of the monsters in them. Godzilla was one of them. King Kong was one of them. Dracula. And I used to take those books out all the time when I was a little kid. And um, fucking love those books. 
And I never had the wherewithal to sit through the, the black and white movies because they were so talky, right? But this movie had all of those monsters in there and made them terrifying. Like, Dracula was a badass. Like, he walks through a bunch of policemen and, like, takes them down. Yeah, without even looking like, at him. Like, yeah, like a fucking, like, just a fucking G. And, like, <laughs> Terminator. the werewolf was fucking scary and fucking, he had, he had, like, he had some crazy powers. Like, even though he got kicked in the nuts and, like, that <laughs> took him down. But, like, there was, like, yeah, it was a silly movie. Uh, I feel like they cut this movie down, like, really, really to make it, like, uh, like, kid digestible because they don't explain a lot. They just kind of take it's an 80s movies thing where they just expect you to just go with a lot of questions. Yes. And then they just move on. (laughs) But I fucking love this movie when I was a kid. And every time I watch it, I feel like I'm a kid again. When I watch, I watch it every Halloween and uh, it, it still holds up to me. It still holds up to me as a movie that's entertaining. It's easy to watch. Uh, the, the 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 practical effects on the monsters are great. Like the suits, like this suit that they used in this movie to make the Gill Man. That suit's really good. Was what the the laid the groundwork for Predator. Yeah. Like they saw some of the like what they did with the mouth and how they had to seal them into the suit and everything. Yeah, it was one piece foam body suit. So the Predator at that they the same guys that did that did the Predator and they did it in the same year. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that was going on. Like even the air black, like American Werewolf in London had this great like transformation, but they had a pretty decent for a kids movie. They had a pretty like graphic transformation too, where he's like foaming at the mouth and then his his hands are pulsating and all that I, stuff. I mean, it reminds me, of course, of the Michael Jackson thriller video, which was also like came out earlier. And it was, that was an amazing transformation. I there was some cool art direction in the movie. Uh, the sets were kind of fun. Like you know, like, I feel like it overall. Um, I, I still like this movie. I still, even though I know that there's a lot of fucking weird ass, like, uh, like nonsensical shit going on. I still think it's a pretty good movie and I still enjoy it. I think it's a great Halloween. Movie. Uh, I didn't read the cast before. Anthony, I want to ask you what you thought, but uh, basically you have Go this, this dude, Andre Gower as the lead uh, kid, Sean, Robbie Krieger as pa- Robbie Keeger as Patrick. Uh, a couple, I don't know. Duncan Rager plays Count Dracula. Tom Noonan plays Frankenstein's monster. Brent Shalom as Horace, Ryan Lambert as Rudy, Ashley Bank as Phoebe. There is a young Michael Faustino here playing the little kid Eugene. Uh, Faustino, of course. Wh- where where do you see him next, Rugs? What I don't know. Michael Faustino, uh, married with children. He's- no, that's Dave's brother. It's his brother. Oh, that's Older. his brother. Yeah, David Faustino. David was a uh, uh, Bud. Was it Michael? Yeah, Bud Bundy. It wasn't Michael Faustino. No, that was his younger brother. Oh, I recognize the okay. You dumbass. So again, podcast <laughs> of inaccurate facts. We've already established this. Uh, and then, well, you don't really hear Faustino very often. No. So and you then, but you do have Jason same. Hervey who played uh, the big brother in Wonder Years as the bully EJ. Yeah, uh, Anthony, watching this yes. for the first time. Uh, what do you think? Oh man, um. I didn't know what to expect. That's for sure. I will say I am a big fan of the Universal Monsters. I watched all those movies as a kid, and I ate them up. I know they're they're probably if I go watch them again, they're probably super boring. They're not scary. I just loved the Universal Monsters. So even though I don't have any history with this movie, anytime you can wrap up all the Universal Monsters in a movie, I, I, it gets me a little excited. puts a little 
tingly feeling in my in my sphincter. Um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I stick it uh, up my asshole. Yeah. And so watching this movie, um, I'll tell you this: there's a lot of fucking shit that makes no sense whatsoever yeah. like why is the mummy in the kid's closet That's most, for no reason that was one of my questions <laughs> why was, is the mummy in the kid's closet there? how does dracula just know how to drive an invisible car <laughs> where does he get dynamite from we why dynamite. does he need the dynamite i think i can explain okay, something right, go on but, the, but there's like they, the monsters just show up yeah. in different places but don't do anything like the gill man shows up yeah with the little girl or behind the kid yeah doesn't like attack him yeah there's just a lot of weird shit right yeah um, that being said, I loved the movie. Oh. I thought it was awesome. I thought oh, it was great. I, I was saying, I told him before the yeah, show, predicted. Like, he's going to hate this movie. Oh, no, yeah. I thought it was great. Oh, my I, God. I thoroughly enjoyed the entire movie. I was laughing at certain, a lot of points. Um, there, you can tell the movie is super cut up. Yeah. So there's, there's that, but I don't think they dumbed it down for kids. I mean, there's swearing. They're talking about the virgins. There's some the, no, violence. It's, it's not dumbed down. I think. I think it was more. I think it was too terrifying for the PG-13. Like there was a scenes that got cut out. Uh, Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell Screech, was supposed to be in Screech this movie. Screech was supposed to be in this. I did not know that. Yeah, he got edited out. Oh shit! So there's like quite a few scenes that are edited out. But to my knowledge, let me try and make this movie make sense. So Van Helsing goes to try and get this amulet away from Dracula because Dracula's waiting for the day that he can destroy it right. because that's the only thing that could stop him from taking over the fucking world with his right. evil. All right? So Van Helsing goes and he does he, he does this thing, but Dracula's nowhere around. I think that one of the scenes that cut out was like Dracula was like uh, out like uh, uh, with his bride somewhere. Like they were dealing with some guy, some, some guy... Uh, out in the village. And so he wasn't there. So he wasn't there to get sucked into the vortex. So yeah. Van Helsing fucked up anyhow. Yeah. I was, I was so, like wondering yeah, just in that point, I was like, wait, Van Helsing fucked up. He didn't get him. So why didn't Dracula take over the world then? But I guess he wasn't there. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't explain that, but no, the amulet still exists. Yeah. The amulet still existed, I guess. So, um, so anyway, uh, the amulet still existed. And then some guy in America like got all this shit because he was he was going to be the next Van Helsing. And that's why he had the big scary house with the fucking the fucking secret passage. He was he was hiding it from Dracula all these years. And now when the guy dies and like his estate becomes public, then Dracula goes to that town, which happens to be where. The kids are living, but it's that's a big it's once every hundred years. You get and how does yes. he, how does he know the kids have the amulet? Well, yes, well, no, he doesn't. He knows that the guy has the amulet. No, the but, guy there, but at some point he's like, "I'm coming for you." Like he calls. There's a message left on the kids. I uh, think wall. that there's a scene Angel where you card. see you see Dracula when he flies down. Like he's by the treehouse, and he's like his. You can see his cape, and then they pan to the treehouse. So he knows that it, he knows that the kids are. Or I have something to do with it. Like the mom got the book, right? So he knows what the amulet is. It's in the house. Oh, because that's right. A lot of, lot of mental gymnastics. There's, to get yeah, there's also by there. <laughs> the but so I'm far. just saying, like, there, it's not as random as you think. There's a little bit of like a through line there, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't explain any of it. And uh, you have to do mental gymnastics to make that plot make sense. <laughs> but like, 
the kid, like the guy, di- whoever the whoever guy dies in the old house with the secret passage that has the amulet in it. The mom somehow goes to a garage sale and gets this book. And then that's how he knows because of the book. Yes. But also and they it- don't explain how like the wall is smashed open and they just they didn't get the amulet. Uh, apparently there was the things in there were stopping the monsters from entering. Yeah, yeah. There's like he smash open the wall. He's like, oh, there it I was is. Like, why didn't Dracula just grab it? Well, he <laughs> left it there. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, there is like I feel like there's gaping holes in this movie, but uh, it's it's but, a, somewhere it's explained like there's things that are warding off evil in that room, so they needed the kid to get the amulet, and then he. Oh, it's get not the explained. Amulet. It's not. I wrote. I don't know. I read somewhere. That was this. I don't. I don't know where I. Well, saw there's it. like a explained. documentary about this movie. Oh yes, I am. We're gonna mention that. I watched that also. It's fantastic. It's called Wolfman's Got Nards. One of the best lines in the whole movie. Uh, and uh, it's made by the guy uh, by Sean Andre Grower and Rudy and Phoebe are in it. We'll get to that. But first, I just want here's my brief history with this movie because I was not into monsters at that age. Really, it was mostly like. Comic what books. Were you into? So at like through eleven to thirteen or that, it was like comic books and like I don't know toys, GI Joe, Michael all Jackson, the, Michael Jackson, absolutely pop music. Prince. And then I got into hip hop hardcore at like thirteen. Then it was just like hip hop and comics was the was the thing I was into. So this movie, because it only made three million, it wasn't in the theaters long. Really slipped by me. It slipped by me when it made it to VHS. It slipped by me when it made it to HBO, which is where a lot of people saw it in the eighties. We didn't have HBO. It wasn't until a few years ago, because of Rugboy constantly mentioning it, that I watched it and I watched it again, like only for the second time. And it really it grows on me. It is absolutely like an eighties cult classic and nostalgia hit. It's goofy. It's fun. Well, do you know in that not how eighties it is? Like literally. This movie's tied to so many other movies. Like, you know, the house that Sean lives in? Yeah. Is literally across the street from Mur- Murtaugh's house. Oh, Weapon. really? That whole like street where it curves? Yeah. Yeah. That's the same and house. So in, in the scene where Dracula goes to the kid's house and burns it down, a tree house. You can see Murtaugh's house in the back. Oh my god! Not oh only gosh. that, it's it like it's so Goonies is the other thing. It wants to be Goonies. The mom. Oh, it reminds me a lot of Goonies. Sean's mom is the same mom in fucking Goonies. That was the yeah, mom in the Goonies. Goonies. They have the mom. same characters, right? Like the smart, the leader, the smart mouth kid, the chubby funny kid, uh, the monster that befriend, befriends them. They got the same archetypes in this fucking movie. But I love in this one. It's a little bit edgier. Like you got little kids swearing. There's a couple of problematic fucking language that we, you, everyone used in the 80s. There's like body shaming and slut shaming. It's fantastic. Fat kid is clearly easily my favorite character. Yeah, he's the best in the whole movie. <laughs> Dude, he kicks the Wolfman in the fucking in the nutsack. Yeah, yeah great lines. Kick him in the nards. He, he fucking saves Sean with the garlic pizza. The, yeah, how much garlic was on oh, yeah, that pizza? pizza. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we just eating garlic pizza. And Rudy, but you had Rudy and Fat Kid were two the, the two best but uh, characters. Phoebe, which one's Rudy? Rudy was the the rebel, the, the cool the kid. Who like, kid. Yeah. There's another question right there. Yeah, I can answer this. Why one. the fuck is Rudy hanging out? So he because he wants he wants to see the girl. Yeah, he can peep on Eugene's sister. Is that? But did he know before he got in the treehouse that that was the girl? Like, I don't think he. It's never implied think, that he no, knew. No, no, no he, he even says that's your sister. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but I think they should have lived that left that line out because then you could imply that he did know and he was totally using it. Yeah. But they didn't want him to come across as an asshole because <laughs> like 
the minute that you put that line, you take that line out, you're like, oh, he's totally using them to get to see the to see this naked girl. Right. So but then so now it's because he's not it's not told that or we don't have a, a strong implication that he's using them. It's just like, wait a minute. Why is this teenager hanging out with 10 and because 11 he's kind of like a weird teenager? Yeah, he, he's yeah. like a guy. He's wearing like 50s clothes. Yeah, he's but, like a, but he's like a greaser. He's very much established in that opening shot of him saving the fat kid that he's yeah. like the coolest guy there. He's the coolest guy there. And he felt bad for everyone's fat kid everyone. All the, all the cool <laughs> preteens are afraid of him. Like everyone's just like, oh, man, look at him. Like they they pan up on him. Like he's the fucking font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the rebel cool kid. <laughs> but it's like, why guy. is he hanging out with these kids? But he he kind of knows about monsters, and he just wants to make silver bullets and steaks and wood shop. It's an amazing oh, yeah. training montage. I also love, love how this, I love in this movie how they just cut to uh, an airplane just out of nowhere, and you're like, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. Who's this? And the fucking Dracula, an airplane there. just randomly carrying all this. Yes, stuff. With, right above with them. the word Frankenstein written on a, on a in white lettering. I what is Frankenstein <laughs> doing in this box? What is going on? And then we, why, yeah, why? Why does this plane all of a sudden have Frankenstein, the Gill Man, and Dracula on it? And what is it doing traveling to? Where do you think? Where do you think? No, this I think is the located? Gill Man was just in the bog waiting. The Gill for Man they, it just happened to be there where it landed. Yeah. Somehow, oh, okay. so very, so, it's all very convenient. The mummy. <laughs> where do you think alive. this is? Like Denver? Like this is probably what somewhere in Colorado. Oh, I don't even know where this would be. <laughs> I would say I, I, with the swamps and the bayous yeah. and the, a Victorian house. I would say somewhere maybe like in Alabama or something like that. So, but like, so there was just a plane from Germany to Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I love um uh the guy Well, you know, interview with a vampire takes place in Louisiana. Oh, that's true. It, oh, that's true. that's true. So like there is a vampire like No, there is like know. there is like a voodoo like horror vibe down in the bayou. Yeah. So and there's a swamp, there's a swamp monster. So I don't know. I'm making all these uh leaps, but it could be <laughs> New Jersey fraud. I I um I loved when uh the the little kid is like, do you know any virgins to Rudy? And he like spits out his fucking uh, know any virgins. Coke. Yeah. And then later on, when they're interrogating the sister, he's like, cough. He's like, are you? Have you ever been dorked? Then, they used to dork a lot. Yes, you ever been dorked? And th- then the payoff is so great that she reads it, and then it doesn't work. She's and not they're a like, virgin. you're not a virgin. That's amazing. <laughs> Does it count? Does it count? And then they go to the little five-year-old girl. They're like, oh, the little, she's you? five. She's got to be a virgin. And, and the little and the old man just like, yeah, that's a virgin. <laughs> but what about the scary German scary guy? He German came in, in the clutch. He's great. Every movie's got to have one of those characters. Like Home Alone, the guy you don't know and you're afraid, but actually helps you out at the end. But but the but scary when you find out he's like, like a- he's great. But then they like, it's like they do the thing where it's. Like he's got a dark path. Like you see the like the also he's the a Holocaust concentration survivor. camp. Yes, he's like, it just like, happens. Oh, okay. They just threw he's that. Like, in. I know. I know about monsters. Yes. Right. They just threw that, and I was like, "Whoa, that took a turn." All right, it's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It took a turn. Yeah. But uh, and I love. Oh, there's so many great. There's just great lines like Phoebe going, "Don't be chicken shit." I love they got kids too young. Phoebe swearing. the Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe the Phoebe is great. It's okay, you guys. He's friends He's, with I us. I love Frankenstein. Come on, don't be Frankenstein, chicken shit. Frankenstein was the best. Frank hanging out with them was fantastic. It, oh, he was like, oh, oh, he was so yes. mad that he was so mad he was a Halloween costume. <laughs> That's a great little scene there when he holds up the mask yeah, and is yeah. like, puts it down. You're like, oh, you kind of feel bad for him. The guy who plays Frankenstein is the guy from uh, Last Action Hero who was wearing the raincoat. Tom, yes, yeah, that same actor. Yeah, yeah, Tom Noonan. The, yeah. Oh, okay. He's like that giant dude in that movie. So he is six five. Yeah. 
Oh man, fat kid farted. It's another great line. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. It's such a classic line in that documentary. You learn Adam Goldberg, right? Who wrote and created the Goldbergs. They cut a clip together of all the time they used the word nards on that show, and it was like twenty times because of this movie. He wrote the word nards into Goldbergs like almost every episode. There's weird shit like Dracula's got just teenage girls locked in the closet. <laughs> How badass is Rudy though? Like he he makes the stakes. He gets the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Then he like he gets three of the. He uh, stakes those. Yeah, the vampire girls. Those three fucking vampire in chicks the, in the heart. And then he has the ultimate fucking. He he gets the silver bullet into the gun and he goes bang yeah. and he, he fucking <laughs> kills the guy. Fucking what? That's fucking epic for like a little kid. That's you're like eleven years old and you see that. I mean, it's fucking the, epic. The, the the effects, the costumes are great. Like Wolfman, really good, really good effects. Wolfman getting blown apart and coming back together. Together. Uh, that's great. The mummy's effects on the truck as he's unraveling. Also great. Uh, j- what does he say to the Wolfman before he fucking he fu- uh, oh, before he puts the dynamite in his crotch? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, he's like he calls him an asshole or something. No, no, so they was, call them- that, was, that was the father, didn't it? The father put the dynamite in his. Crotch? Yeah, but he says something to make him turn around. Yeah, and he to, hits him on hit the him. head with him. Oh. And then, of course, the classic moment at the end. When fucking Fat Kid has the shotgun, blows away the gill man, and they're like, Fat Kid, you saved us. He turns around and just goes, My name, my name is Horace. Remember when remember so when good. we were doing like uh college movies? We yeah. would do something like my that. Name we would do the, the click clack. Yeah, that was crazy. Dracula shit. calls uh, the little girl a bitch to her face. Her bitch, yeah. So also in the documentary, you find out there was a lot of things they didn't tell the kids that were going to happen to get real reactions. They kind of traumatized them. So when she's screaming like that, it's, she's reacting to him calling her a bitch. She did not know that was going to happen. A lot of the screams are are real. But there's a lot of times where monsters pop up, but they don't scream. And then they start screaming later. It's kind of weird. It falls in line with the great 80s movies that featured kids in them. You remember? That's another thing I love about 80s movies is they had so many of these where you at that age were the star like Goonies. This is definitely. Yeah, I'll say this. I enjoyed watching this more than I watched liking the Goonies. Really? Well, it had the monsters in there for you. I could see that. Yeah, I think the monsters. I think this one's also more. A little edgier. Edgier. Yeah. A little sexier. yeah. Yeah. You know they're the they're fucking peeping on the girl. It's just, it's just a little bit. It's I mean Goonies also when you look back at it, it also has some things you go oh what the fuck yeah. But this, this one has more pushing the line a yes, little bit more. This one they didn't give a fuck. But there's like a lot of there's a lot of little bit stuff that's in here. Like you got the parents getting the divorce. Yeah, yeah. backstory. The relationship with the dad. Yeah. The dad He's comes home with the fucking with the fucking fast food and goes on the roof and hangs out with his son. Yeah, watching right. the drug like, movie that was a nice little. There, scene. there are layers to it. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there is some like it's not just yeah there is some like bad eighty stuff where like they don't explain anything and you have to like like why is the mummy in the house I you why could say, was the mummy maybe, in the closet he was just at the maybe swamp. Dracula told him to go kill all the kids and he he got found out by the dad and he just left I don't know I love that so, the kid looks away and then the the mummy the mummy is like super slow but then. <laughs> All of a sudden, the kid looks away, and then the it's next shot the is window. The, 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 yeah, the toilet paper out the window. <laughs> it's like, oh, he just ran out. I, I loved all the uh, Marvel posters in the background everywhere. The guy in the Hulk wall. There's a couple of, couple of Godzillas in there. Godzilla Godzilla posters you, in there. That little kid, Eugene, had a Punisher poster in his room. I was like, I don't know how appropriate that is, but I guess back in the day, yeah, you were <laughs> seven years old. You're into the Punisher. 
Uh, those little touches were great. Uh, they had to tweak all the designs back to the, the creatures because of the universals. They universal didn't want them people to confuse it. Yeah. So universal was supposed to be involved with yes. this. Then they pulled out. Yeah. And so, and, and so when they got to the production phase, they had to change all the designs to make them not look like the universal mods. They let, mm. Yeah. They had to, they couldn't be exactly they tweaked them just enough. Like the board. Well, yes. All of them are pub- public domain. Because like Universal doesn't own those monsters; those are all owned by other separate. Right, they're, they're all public. They domain, own that so. version, like the Boris Karloff version, and the right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Liam Neeson almost played Dracula, almost got the role as Dracula. But oh it, my god, how weird was it that? It went to this guy who was <laughs> this guy. Was I really mean, he, that dude's a giant Dracula. <laughs> he's bigger than fucking. He's he's as tall as fucking Frankenstein. So yeah, I I had. This might be surprising, but I, I had a smile on my face the entire movie. I liked it way more than Swingers. I was get out. It was a fun movie. Wow. Well, once the once the montage started, yeah. I was fully in. Yeah, I was fully fully great eighties montage. So in this, this documentary is wild because this movie kind of uh, went away for a while. It gets comes out on VHS and HBO picks it up, and a lot of kids remember seeing it then. But then in two thousand and six, Eric Vespi from Ain't It Cool News wants to do a cast reunion. And screen the movie like at the Alamo one time, uh, and and this one guy he gets to pitch in and take a risk on it. The fucking screening sells out. He has to add a second date. And in the last twenty years, this movie has grown a huge cult following. They've taken the movie to all the Alamo draft house to show it. There's like a five disc uh, DVD that came out twenty years after this movie came out. In fact, this year they're putting out uh, like a four K Blu Ray restored and it's gonna it's gonna have the uh the documentary on it I think, oh with right? the do- yeah probably with the documentary behind the scenes there uh this movie is huge now the sad bit you learn in the documentary is uh like i said the guy playing rudy and phoebe and sean who's actually made the documentary go around they get to meet fans uh bad kid horace played by brent chalum uh unfortunately he dies of pneumonia in 1997 he was only 22. He got pneumonia, and then there was like a weird misdiagnosis in the emergency room, and they gave him something. He had asthma, uh, and he passed away, which is so it's. Yeah, and they probably gave him prednisone. And it's just sad that he doesn't also, you know, get to see how huge the Monster Squad is. There's collectors that buy everything Monster Squad. It had a really bad marketing strategy. Like they had these wanted posters that were black and white drawings of the monsters, and it didn't even look like. The Dracula from the movie. Nobody knew what it was. Yeah. Uh, so it just it didn't find its audience until way later. No, it, it didn't. But like, I think that w- once in the movies, it, it's hard to sell something that's PG thirteen because I think that was a problem. Uh, yes, there was like a yeah. Indiana Jones had the ripping out the heart thing. Yeah, and a lot of parents were like, "Oh, PG thirteen, they just do crazy shit." I'm not bringing my kids to a PG thirteen. So Lost Boys that come out and that was like R rated. So you had stuff for the older kids, and this was pitched to maybe the wrong audience. But it was too like if you were an older kid, you were not going to go watch this movie. Yeah. But even though you like, were going to watch Lost old, Boys, yeah, yeah, you're going to watch a sexy man with a yeah. with saxophone. Yeah. Uh, but, as, but like yeah but um that i think that also contributed to the fact that um it, it didn't do well the commercial was terrible yeah the marketing was not great but i was the same age as these kids when this came out and i loved the you know this whole wish fulfillment jump on your bike with your friends have an adventure yeah i just remember like uh 
you know, I, I watch, you know, the eighties were the, and the nineties were the time where you had practical effects. And I just remember my friends who are really into horror films going like, I, I like this kid movie because the effects are so good. And they're like, I remember watching it. One of my friends, he's like, look at this bat at the beginning oh, of this the movie. Bat transformation, the transformation pretty, into really, the bat. It's really good in the beginning. And yeah. this is years before that yeah. Francis Ford Coppola did it in the, in the Dracula yeah. movie, uh, which was also amazing. Um, so yeah, there was like all these things that were like really cool. And uh, even the Wolfman, like it's a unique Wolfman. It's not like the Lon Chaney Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the fucking other Wolfman that you see from like, Howling that or, scene is pretty great. That transformation is pretty great. Yeah, and that cool guy one. ends up being in Napoleon Dynamite's older brother or something, isn't it? The uncle. <laughs> oh, the guy who played the Wolfman. Yeah, the guy who played the Wolfman. He's like in Napoleon Dynamite who eats all the steaks. The guy who lives in the trailer. Carl Thibault no. played the Wolfman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, and it, Tom Woodruff Jr. played the Gilman. He actually was one of the special effects creature guys who worked on the other ones. And then got to play uh, Gilman and put be put in that suit. And like you said, it was revolutionary because usually it would be different pieces, but this thing had no seams. It was one he piece. To, he had to suit. wear that. He had to wear it for twelve yeah, hours or fourteen long. hours yeah. a day. Once he was in, he could not get out. It was a little claustrophobic. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Damn. But he does a good job. And the mouth reminded me a lot of Predator. Uh, watching it again, the the whole entire suit, the way that they did the latex over his entire body. Was how they did the Predator suit. Why does Dracula so. need dynamite? That's well. Can you answer that question? <laughs> Where did he get the fucking dynamite? I mean, he's Dracula. He's rich. He's a I fucking. Guess. What, you know, what was he doing for a hundred years? Waiting, just chilling out, know, like partying. Yeah. You know, he's just Dracula. Uh, the, you'll <laughs> notice Sean is wearing this red shirt that says Stephen King rules on it. Uh, that is because it had the book just published and uh, a lot of similarities to it as well. I don't know which inspired which. Well, they just wanted you to know that. Yeah, that's Stephen King. A big horror fan. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like Stranger Things bit a little bit of this movie. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. There's like, a, a, I feel like that it is like a Goonies. It, it is like an 80s throwback. It is an, an ode to like monsters in general. They do name drop Godzilla, I think, at one also, time. Also, they here. have all the accurate lore and rules, right, that everybody knows, and they establish the rules when the guy translates the book, like it sticks to its rules. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think they should remake this movie? That's what I was like going to ask. Okay, I was going to ask this because in 2010, Michael Bay was going to reboot this movie. Oh, no, no not Michael Bay. It way. fell apart. Now, do you make a sequel a la It with the kids grown up? And what they're doing now, no. or do you reboot this movie, or do you not touch it? I feel like I dance between the two because I don't. I mean, this one exists and it's amazing, and I don't think they could do lightning in a bottle twice. But I feel like why not try at least because everybody's trying to do this Universal Monsters thing, and this is the perfect way to do it. But um, you'd have to kill them all at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, I would. I think this is actually a movie ripe for a remake because. Oh. While the movie is its own thing, and it's it, some would say it's 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 like a classic in its own right. There's a lot of problems with the movie. Yeah, and I think if you if you re, this one's actually worth another shot. Clean it up a little. Make it make sense. Yeah, and I think you could even have fun with like the modern era of how kids are now. Yeah, 
and like throw them into like a throwback. I, it, I, like I, think that. Be, I, I think there's actually a lot to mine like with that. all the TikTok stuff and all that shit. Or what if it's like a kid, like present day kids, and they're just obsessed with the 80s and they get caught in this thing and it involves monsters. So you don't want to see like them growing up and their kids have to fight the monsters? Well, the, well I, the, the dichotomy of this movie, which is, is interesting because like the 80s was a new horror genre. Like you had Freddy, sure. you had Jason, yeah. you had Child's Slash. Play. Yeah. Yeah. So you had all of this like uprising. Leprechaun. You had like Clive Barker and all that other stuff. Yeah. Texas Leprechaun Chainsaw Massacre. Him, <laughs> so you had all of this uprising of new horror, yeah. right? Yeah. And this was like old horror coming back. But like old horror coming back with all of the new tools and whistles and all the bells and whistles that they had. I mean, you had like Stan Winston, like the top guy working yeah. on this movie. That's a so, big get. That's a big get for this movie. Is Stan so Winston. to sit there and make those guys make Dracula like a badass again, like yeah. taking fucking cops out and shit. I mean, if they like, can get Universal involved, I think there's a there is some potential here in that remake idea. I do like that idea. Uh, and you can get some sick effects and uh, see how modern day kids react to all this. Like the way you could do it. Is you change the properties of the amulet to be more like a, a portal, and all of the monsters from the past come into the future, and you and it, it's funny because you have all of these kids that are into horror movies, but they've never actually uh, witnessed like actual monsters, yeah. And, yeah. and it'd be funny to do that. It would like, be so like, it would be funny to like pull them and try to get some people that look as close as possible to those nineteen thirties forties actors and actresses. Yeah. Oh, and then had them like look like that. Oh, so they get yeah. pulled in here. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. They tried to do it with Van Helsing, and yeah, but it was Van, like a wet fart. Yeah. yeah, Van Helsing though was trying to be like a big budget, like it was trying to be create a franchise as like this big budget action franchise thing. And um, no, I mean I thought it was cool as a teenager, but not that didn't go over well. I I prefer this movie to to the Van Helsing. Oh yeah, even though Van 100%. Helsing is is a good action movie, but it's equally just as stupid as this movie. <laughs> so it's, well, mean, it's also a super CGI fest. Yeah, Van Helsing. I mean, this it does like have Kate Beckinsale in it, which and make which makes all the reason to watch it. But still, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I mean, I think that that movie has has a lot to do with Monster Squad too. Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. All the Universal monsters. There's a lot of commonality with all that with that with this movie. So I think they maybe should remake it, kind of. But I, I think it exists as a it's on its own as a classic. It's a great Halloween. It movie. is absolutely it's, great Halloween uh, watch to throw in every year. Uh, so I we've never all three of us like been like this enthused about a old movie. Not since Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse was like yeah, but that's, <laughs> this is like another Roadhouse. This, this might be the Roadhouse. Is, yeah. This might be the Roadhouse of the fucking comedy. Uh, Road, it's like the Roadhouse of like kid comedy movies. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's Goonies meets Universal Monsters, and uh, all right, Rugs, let's wrap it up. Give me your final thoughts. Give it a rating. Oh, I love I love this movie. It's a great Halloween movie. It's part of my childhood. Whatever I watch, and I feel like a little kid. Yes, it is bad and and and. And it's unfolding of the story. It's contrived and and doesn't make any sense. It, even though it's flawed and it's got obvious problems with it, I, I still can overlook it for this the sheer joy that it brings and how much fun I have with it and how memorable it was. Like I've been saying these lines forever, like, you know, my name is Horace or kick him in the nards or the wolf, you know, all that stuff. So um, 
Band-Aid breath, like the, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Band-Aid breath. So uh, I'm going to give it a strong nine. I think it's a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a classic for me. Like, I love this movie. So I know I'm going to go hard in the page. Lip, did so. you tear up when Frankenstein gets pulled away from Phoebe at the end? When he when she gives him the her her like a uh, little buddy, yeah, the little buddy like just flies out of her hand. Yeah, that that touches your heart. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad for Phoebe. She's fucking screaming. Yeah, no, I'm. You know what? I wish I saw this as a kid, but this is absolutely uh, is a fun '80s nostalgic movie. And the second time, I liked it even more. I can see myself watching this every year. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Uh, it's up there. Close to Goonies. I like Goonies a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, like for me, I saw it at the age that, uh, like the same age as these yeah, kids. See if I think that changes it for yeah. me because it's like so tied to my childhood. It's like weird, yeah. but like, what about you, Anthony? Oh man, um, yeah, I I really liked the movie too. I uh, I almost I was like ten out of ten when I first saw it, <laughs> and then I went. Uh, there's some like clear like shit that's like not working well, like that they just don't. It, the movie's cut the shit. Like I don't know. I don't know who edited that movie. Thought, <laughs> yeah, there's some definitely. Well, definitely some stuff. There's missing yeah, scenes. Yeah. There's something scenes. going on with the way they edited the movie and yeah. shot it, and it didn't come together the way it should in terms of making a cohesive story. But that only learned. They only that only knocks it down a point. Nine out of ten. Oh shit! <laughs> Almost. That's great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I had so much fun watching that movie. I'll tell you this. I knew that I liked this movie. Like, I knew this movie stood the test of time. Like, I know I always liked it, but I remember I was like, kind of like, I had to entertain a bunch of kids. Uh, and I put this on and I was like, all right, either they're going to be bored or think it's stupid. And, uh, they actually were like, dude, this is awesome. And so uh, I was like, okay, it does stand the test of time. Well, the, so. the, the question for me is like, what age today is it is it old enough to to show a kid this movie? Do you oh. think? I would say twelve years old. Maybe. I mean, even but like back in the day, back then, like even younger, you would have seen worse shit, and you were exposed to like worse shit than this. But I feel like that has gone up a little bit. Yeah, the same age well, as the kids in the movie. I mean, obviously, like if you're giving a kid a cell phone at like nine years old which most people are oh, that's a good point you you know and they're you know and they're all into shit like five nights at freddy's or fucking whatever bullshit like this is nothing to them like this is not scary at all they're fucking into creepy pasta and shit like that so <laughs> this is legit some good legit scares back in the day though uh yeah no fuck this is a it's a it's an underrated underappreciated movie that has finally found like a huge following i think that it deserves so Check it out. Check out the documentary. It makes I, you I love know, it even more. I don't know when my movie pick is up. Is it next week? It is next is it, week. Do you know what it is? I already have it. Okay. You want me to reveal it? Let's now? reveal it now. It's going to be the birdcage. Oh, seriously? Okay. Yep. All right. Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. I haven't seen that in years. Oh, oh wow. well, that's it. That's that's anything's comedy pick next week. The birdcage. I'm excited. All right. From the 90s. Yeah. All right. We're moving into the 90s. <laughs> you heard it here, listener. Get ready. I'm excited. Prepare yourself. All right. Great stuff. Great movie. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. 
Thanks. Uh, I got some comments from uh, our listeners about last episode where we reviewed my movie pick that gave me all geek boner swingers. I know Anthony didn't enjoy it that much, but I'm glad you enjoyed Rug Boy's <laughs> pick this week. I'm sure we'll get comments about reminiscing about this one. But uh, a lot of good stuff from Instagram. Dirk Wood said, great ep. Love hearing you two reminisce and Anthony suffer. Was definitely an influential film for me, too. Talking about swingers. Some other ones were not always for the greater good, but Dazed and Confused. Reality. Great movie. Reality Bites. That was a great movie. I love Reality Bites. Empire Records. SFW. Basketball Diaries. Kids. Oh, man. That movie's. Oh, that's a that's a heartbreak. That movie's fucking crazy. Human Traffic. Lahane. He said the 90s were sick. Yeah, definitely. sick. So, dude, Reality Bites is a good one. There are a bunch of great movies like that uh, coming out. Kids is a fucking disturbing movie because we watched it in the where it was filmed in the West East Village, West Village of New York. And I watched it when it came out and you walked out of the theater and it was like you were in the fucking movie. Yeah, like basically it was like very much like swingers, but it had a very realistic feel to it. Almost like you're watching like a documentary. Yes. And it's about kids going clubbing and doing drugs and just getting fucked up and there's some really fucked up shit that happens to a girl and uh, very real though. Harmony Green did a great job. Uh, And then he's got a comment about the Marvel's trailer last week when I was like, who's the bad guy? He says also haven't seen the trailer, but I reckon Zawe Ashton, Tom Hiddleston's lady is the villain in the Marvel's. I've only ever seen her in the British show fresh meat, which she was great in highly recommended. But I remember her piquing my interest when she was originally confirmed for quantum mania. So the fact that she's not in that makes me believe she's a Kang crony and possibly even the big bad moving forward due to a major capital M course correction occurring. That's an interesting theory. Mm. And then Joey Austin uh, comment said, hey, guys, I was just listening to the last show because you reviewed one of the greatest movies ever swingers. See, I agree, Joey. Uh, <laughs> only this movie could make such a blah time feeling nostalgic. Nothing against the 90s, but the 80s were amazing. That being said, I was thinking maybe the jock could give some game advice uh, <laughs> to some of our jock and nerd nation people who need some help with their game. Can't be that much of a stretch to think that a group called Jock and Nerd would have people that need some game help. Of course, if you ask the nerd if you need help with the game, he'll say, what game? I'm doing pretty good at Baldur's Gate right now. Uh, come on, Anthony, do it for the nerds. Cue the inspirational music. The ones who've been picked on, put down, made to feel inferior. They've been told their whole life that they're not good enough. I like this call out. I, we, we will. It's time for you to uh, call your Tony Robbins. Anthony. What? Give, give, give the give the give him one piece of advice. Anthony. just one to for what to hit on girls. Yes. Game advice. Just go up and, and talk to the girl <laughs> and just do it. Keep just every time you see a girl you want to talk to sort of being up in your head about it. The more you're in your head, the worse it's going to be. Just go up and talk to her. It's probably going to go shitty the first few times. But if you do it enough times. You'll start to realize it's just another person. Just picture Imran when you're talking to a girl. Yeah, just picture all girls. You see like that kids. little, you see the beautiful baby over there? It's just an Imran. Just go talk it's to him like bear. an Imran. It's a big bear with these sharp claws. You don't know what to do? Come on. Uh, all right, solid. We went over a little bit last episode. I thought those were all good tips. Not, it's not Absolutely. what you say, it's how you say it. Right. Right. Work on the Riz. So, all right, maybe we'll start the Riz. The riz. We'll start a second. Work on your charisma. The yeah. Jock's game tips uh, every week. Okay. Let's finish up with some what are we watching? Has anybody caught up to Loki? I have. Oh, you have? I I watched it 
All right. I watched it all. Amber. all right. Everything that's here well, in this thing, oh, okay. I watched I'm going to hit spoilers for everything. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, episode three gave us uh, the Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely. Uh, in a th- yet third variant of the Kang, giving us a very different performance from He Who Remains in Kang. Very odd delivery. Uh, what do you guys? Yeah, I found it annoying. Yes. What do you guys think of the show so far? It's fine. It's good. Enjoy. I thought yeah, the, I, I like the show. Yeah, I thought the last episode was was pretty good. It's moving I like the along. Show. It's written like a TV show, yeah. so there's things that happen where you go, okay, I'd I'd watch the next episode. The design of the show has a very unique look. Oh yeah, right? it's fantastic. So I, I enjoy the the production design. They're moving things ahead. Like that, every you feel like you're making progress every episode, and you're getting it's halfway so. done. Yeah, you're not like spinning your wheels. Yes, in the episode. yes. And I love. I kind of really love the way things are unraveling with Sylvie, with Ravona, with Miss Minutes. Uh, and for me, I don't really know. Like there was a couple double crosses on Timely, so mm-hmm. I don't really know what. What's going on, right? Yeah, that whole and thing. What, was weird. And at one point, the Miss Minutes wants to like be involved sexually with him. Yeah, she's. I think she's got a crush on. She's. She wants to be there with him. And then you see her get sent back to the end of time, and he's like a fucking corpse. How long has it been? When? Yeah. What? When is she there? That was kind of crazy. Uh, and Kehui Kwan continues to be great. It's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Some good action on a Ferris wheel in 1893. You know. The rest of the stuff you got on here, I have not watched. Okay, so anybody go, watched? Go anybody it. caught up on Gen V? Ah, uh, yeah, very oh, good. That show again. I got to catch up. Very enjoyable. Good episodic yes. TV. Very enjoyable. Crazy shit happening every episode. Moving along at a healthy pace, and like surprisingly, all the characters have like great developed things about them that you you kind of connect to, you can relate to. Would you agree, Rugs? Like they're all pretty well fleshed out. They're doing a good job. Yeah, and I think that what they're revealing, they're getting to it. They're not keeping it like a uh, the mysteries now. Yeah. Up, everything's out in the open, kind of. But you feel like there's still something else you can find out. There's still something more to unravel. But for the most part, like now you know all the moving parts. What's going to happen next? Now it's just like how do they uh, kind of face this challenge? So the show's got everything i also i read that this show is happening concurrently with the boys i'm not sure is it after what we saw or is happening at the same time no it's at the same time it is the same time yeah i feel like it's all the same well i got a season two renewal so we'll be getting more gen v it's fantastic can't wait till it wraps up yeah i really didn't think it was going to be anything to anything to write home about but it's actually very good it's actually pretty good Dude, it's solid. It's probably, it's like one of the best superhero shows. Well, like on right now, that's not really saying no. much because everything sucks. True. So it's just it's good in a world of really shitty shows. So it's 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 good. It's what we we remember as being good TV, like when Game of Thrones was on and shit, like a Breaking Bad. Good TV. Amazon kills it with the boys and Invincible, like just both fucking solid. Yeah. Uh, what else did you watch, Rux? I watched Scavengers Reign, and I fucking really like this show a lot. I, so, yeah, we talked about the trailer last week. It came out on Friday. They put out their first three episodes. It comes out every Thursday. These episodes are short. They're like 24 minutes. And wow, is this a trippy fucking show? I watched it. It feels like a movie more like a, than a show. It's wild. The storytelling, they drop you right in. Like The, the premise of the show is this uh, space freighter. It's stranded and the people can't find them, but they literally they drop you in 
months into these people being stranded and they're already accustomed and the fucking alien creatures and designs are wild. They're so it's like annihilation. Remember yes, that movie? It is a lot yeah. like annihilation, but these are such clever, like absolutely alien things doing weird things in their own way, reproductive wise. And oh, it's fucking wild. I feel like trippy, this, this show is like if you took raised by wolves and annihilation and they had a little baby. And then that baby ate that baby and then shit it out and it became a mutant. <laughs> like that's what happens on this show. Like weird shit like weird that. shit. They hide in egg sacks and shit. And like uh it's they don't spoon feed you things, but they show you everything. No, you have to figure it out. Like how did they figure out like what all like there's these two uh characters that have been on this planet for a couple of months and they kind of know what shit does. Mm-hmm. So they're like sticking animals on their face for whatever reason. Like they, and you're yes, like, they've already figured out how to use what's available. For example, in the very beginning, you see this guy dive into this fucking uh, creature, this alien creature, and he's inside and he's pulling this vein that pops this other thing out. He pulls that, he shoves his hand in there, all to get these two little orbs, which are just uh, they when you flash flashlights, you smash them together, they glow. This is their source of light, and then he's got to trigger something else so the thing will. Uh, vomit him up safely and it, it, there's a many instances of like these people already figured out how this alien physiology works and it's fucking wild and they just it's beautiful it's, too yeah, it's, it's gorgeous like beautifully animated um yeah really I, I love it i think it's great i think it's great one of the best animated sci-fi shows to come out of america i mean japan does this shit all day long and so does france but like um this is the first one that i know of that that america has made has been this kind of uh, sci-fi and like weird and shit. So it's trippy as fuck. Get lit and watch it. It's amazing. But there, there. I don't know how many episodes it's gonna be, but I love that they're just like twenty-four minute short episodes. I, I I'm gonna be really sad if it doesn't stick the landing because I I feel like it can go either way. I feel like it look it's it's good enough now that like it could be a classic, and I feel like if they take the wrong turn and go into some weird ass shit. That it's gonna fucking blow, and I'm very scared to watch the next few. Episodes. I I'm just fascinated watching these fucking aliens do their thing. Like a lot of it is just you're watching this, it, like this one alien kills one of its own so that these spikes and this fruit grow to attract another alien, which eats the fruit, which emits a smell, which causes the first predator alien to jump and get them. This is like their evolution. And I was like, and they just show you that you're like. Holy shit, this is how they fucking hunt things. It's super it's super it's complicated. It's so good. It's very good. Um yeah. It sucked me right in. Yeah. HBO Max. What else did you watch? I watched Bill Burr's directorial debut, Old Dad. This also just came out on Netflix. I also put turned it on last night and watched it. It was all right. It was okay. It's great seeing old cranky Bill Burr react to modern day shit. I expected more. I expected more. Um I feel like it was very surface level. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Bill Burr p- plays like the guy who's you got like three different guys here. You got this one guy with it. Bon- Bobby, Bobby Cannavale. Bonnie Cannavale plays this guy who's they're all in their 50s or, 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 or in their early 50s. Yeah. And they're tr- he's trying to be cool. Bobby. He's Cobb- still trying Bobby. to be trying- hip with the kids. He's trying to be hip. He's trying <laughs> to be young. Yeah. He's trying to use the vernacular of young people yeah. and whatever. Bilber is the exact opposite. He doesn't want to fucking have anything to do with young people. And they can suck his dick. Yes. 
And he's angry he's all the so time. Great. And he's like the man who yells at everybody. He's so great. He's Bill Burr. And then you got uh, Bokeem Woodbine as right. uh, uh, dude. Not Dave Chappelle. Not the, yeah, not Dave Chappelle. I should. It was really funny, but he has a girlfriend and an ex-wife and kind of is in the point of his life where his kid's grown up and he can enjoy. Yeah, he was like having his midlife crisis yeah, like midlife. with the hot girl, you and know, they, and everything. They, uh, they own this Jersey throwback company that gets that they sell. And then this 28 year old kid comes in and takes over. And they got to deal with all this shit. You know what it really reminded me of? It's like a, a 50 middle aged swingers. It's the other end of swingers. They go to a strip club. They try to go to Vegas. It was very similar. It was like dudes that age hanging out, trying to relate, you know, bringing their kid to a hoity yeah, toity private favorite. school. My favorite part of the whole movie was their conversation in the car. Because, like, that's the first time in, in any movie. Oh, about uh, rap, in the, rap in lyrics the, of NWA? Like in the recent. Well, what, dude, we're talking about getting laid. Oh, yes. We're talking about fucking yeah. who would you rather fuck? Yes. This person, yes. that person. Like, and that's like what guys actually talk yeah. about. Like, when they're around each other, if they're, if they're drunk anyway. Uh, <laughs> and there's no women around. Um, this guy locker room yeah, talk. Yeah, and they get it. they get recorded and busted. And you see Bill Burr try to yeah. do some emotional stuff at the end. I mean, it must kind of work. But it was a, it's a fun watch. It may, you know, there's a couple of fucking great lines where he's just very politically incorrect saying shit. Uh, I didn't think it resolved itself uh, good enough. But like, I do, I did like. I, I did like how he called the lady a cunt. <laughs> stumpy. <laughs> the one guy stumpy had an offense of the word stumpy offended someone. Not even the other word. Oh, when the guy brought up that he was 8% uh, Malaysian or something. Yeah, yeah. Or Sri Indonesian. Sri Lankan. Sri Lankan. Yes. That's it. Well, my eight, my three, my 23 and me says <laughs> I'm 8% Sri Lankan. And so I'm not white. I'm like, all right. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, okay. it, yeah, it's it is a fun watch. Uh, also on Netflix is uh, the, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. I got to check that out. Uh, no Hard no Feelings. No Hard Feelings is now on Netflix. Uh, I'll check so that out. That's going to be the next one to watch. But Old Dads is a you fun want, watch. I have one more thing yeah. I want to just uh, shout out yeah. because uh, I'm watching it. It's called Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. And it's like a cartoon about two guys. It starts Elijah Wood and Christopher Lloyd yeah. and other people. It's about like these two kids that are lost in a in a forest. And it just gets progressively more fucked up, like oh, with fuck. the ghosts and horror and shit. It's live action. And it's like supposed to. No, it's a, oh, cartoon. it's a cartoon. It was a little kid. It's like a little kid's <laughs> cartoon, but it's fucked up. Shit. And uh, I was like, oh, I heard that it was like one awards. Or What's it, it called? Or not over the garden. Wall. Over the garden. It's wall. on. It's on. I believe it's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It's a really fucked up oh. show. But anyway, but uh, oh. I, I am enjoying that. There's only like 11 minute episodes. They're very short. All right. Um, And uh, what what else is going on? Well. Next week, we decided we're doing The Birdcage, but Out This Week in the Theaters is a very interesting movie Rugboy thinks is going to do huge. Movie? I don't know. I mean, from what from what I know, uh, all these uh, Zoomies, these Zoomers. Yeah, the Zers. So the yeah, movie. They like Five Nights at the Freddy's. The movie is called Five Nights at Freddy's. It has an interesting release uh, strategy. It's coming out day and date on Peacock and in the theaters this week, October 27th, just in time for Halloween. The review embargo apparently doesn't lift till after the movie comes out, or maybe they moved it. It's that's probably it means it's hot garbage. Why do you think this is gonna be? You think this is gonna be a big, a well, big one? I because there's a, what is these, it about? 
The Zoomers all grow, grew up on Five Nights at Freddy's and not even playing the game, just watching Markiplier play. Oh, it's a video it. game. A, at, okay. He's a big YouTuber and he, like, people would just watch him play and, like, all of the big YouTubers, like, all of the biggest streamers stream Five Nights at Freddy's, even to this oh, day. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, so Five Nights at Freddy's is, like, a throwback to, like, remember Funtime Pizza and Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you go and you fucking... Anyway... So uh, evidently, the story is that like these uh, the guy murdered some people and like uh, those the 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 souls of like the, these kids that he murdered and like stashed in his restaurant like have now possessed all of the like uh, animatronic monsters. Okay, uh, not, yeah, animatronic ba- rock band that they yeah, have there, yeah. and then they come to life at night and and kill people. So uh, that's what Five Nights at Freddy's is and. In the game, you play like a, a guy that has to like work there and stay alive like through that night while everything's attacking there's you. There's nine of these games. Yeah, so now there's like a whole lore and a whole fucking thing that goes with it, and it go it gets pretty wacky. But uh, it's like a whole iceberg. But like, uh, I think it's very popular because I I follow a lot of streamers and they're always talking about this. And even if it's a shitty movie, I think people are still gonna go see it opening weekend. So I think it might do pretty good. I don't know. If it does really bad, I'll be I will be surprised. The game has sold 33 and a half million units worldwide. It's a big it's yeah. a big game. I don't know. Interesting. I, I think it's going to be a terrible movie. We'll see if Five Nights can beat Taylor Swift or I don't know. Scorsese. But it's a Halloween movie yeah. too and people want to see it's a Halloween good timing. movie. I think this it's a perfect weekend for it. So hopefully I'm wrong and no one goes to see Interesting. it. Uh, All right. Well, that's it then. Uh, Rugs, where can the people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. So come by and follow. Check out the show description for links to all of that. Most importantly, listener, share the show. Spread the geekery. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. Your time is running out. Sometimes it's making shit. Dug a nerd. <laughs>